0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci Fi for Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We're back live from the bunker and I'm still recovering from the week good to have all of you here with us my name is Jason Hunt I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me and uh, it has been it has been a week uh, I tell you, it's uh, one of those things where I'm just like well eventually I'll, I'll get back to everything we are live uh, broadcasting to Facebook, Odyssey and YouTube and, uh, you know, Cam, not too much jerky. You can never have too much beef jerky, I tell you. Um, speaking of which, I don't have any in front of me. I may have to send Mrs. Boss over to the break room to get some. Anyway, so uh, we are, like I said, we're broadcasting live to Facebook, Odyssey, YouTube, and that means that you can join us live in the chat. If you are not with us live, you can uh, leave a comment, send us an email, live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. This show is also available on a number of podcast platforms. And I want to give a shout out to the people who are listening to us in various parts of the world. Australia, Germany, I see Poland on the map, the UK, Canada. Good to have all of you with us as well. And if you do listen to this as a podcast, I do want to invite you and encourage you to check out the video every now and again because sometimes like we did on monday we'll have stuff where the visual kind of really helps to sell the (laughs) the program although today today it's not uh it's not too bad let's see uh here now okay uh okay so i guess i guess the music was a little bit too loud that's okay Yes, it's been a very, very, very busy week uh, for me, but I'm back in the office just in time for Fat Bear Week, ladies and gentlemen. I I tell you, this is uh, this is this is probably the highlight of my week right here. Fat Bear Week uh, is going on right now. <laughs> this is up in Alaska, and it is. Um, let's see. This is the. Uh, Katmai National Park and Preserve. They're uh, they're uh, having a, a bracket here where you can vote for the fattest bear. And Dan Danford and Culture Casino are here with me right now. We're waiting for Matt Stevens to show up, guys. I I it's down to uh, it's down to four contenders. We got 128 Otis. Um. What did I say the other two were? Chunky and... um, I can't remember. Let's see. Let's see. There's Chunk. Is one of the four semifinalists. Um, 128 is... Let's see. 435 is Holly. Is that... Yeah. So Holly, Chunk, Otis, and 128 are the four semifinalists for Fat Bear Week. Basically, you can vote for the fattest bear at the Katmai Preserve. I This this makes my week right here, guys.
1: Uh, wow, well, uh, well I, there's a lot of bears <laughs> elsewhere, like in the market, but, uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I, I spend a fair amount of time in Colorado, and um, this is the time of year when they eat like crazy. I mean, they take 20, 30,000 calories a day, and uh-huh. if it ain't nailed down, they can get into it. So they, you'll even catch pictures of them taking the hummingbird feeders and drinking the sugar water sugar. out of them and stuff. Yeah. I, mean, it, it's, oh, wow. it, it, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Now, those are grizzlies that you showed pictures of a minute ago, and we don't have many of those in Colorado. We mostly have the black and brown bears, but uh, still, they're all getting ready for that winter hibernation, kind of like I
0: do. Yeah, right. I'm I'm sitting there th- sitting there thinking that I need to lose about thirty pounds and, <laughs> and they're putting they can have it. They they, yeah, they yeah. can put it on if they want. So anyway. Uh Keeley says, uh Snort of Poopas Q burr might like this. I don't I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, Snort yeah, <laughs>
1: Snort Snort would definitely like it. Snor is a is a is a is a is a bear in a human suit. And ah. uh yeah, and he is—he's—he's uh, he's a contributor in a lot of places over on the YouTube.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's—it's uh, it's one of those things, right? It's. Uh, anyway, so how are you guys doing?
2: That's that's all good. Probably one of the uglier investment quarters that I've seen for uh, for a long time. So, uh, and it didn't really. There wasn't much place to hide um didn't matter whether you were in bonds or stocks or bitcoin or anything it was an ugly quarter so hopefully uh, 5 days into it we're on the way back up again
0: i tell you it's well, it's it's I, wish a... I could
2: give you good news there Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well I, just, I it's nothing personal but over the years i have developed a uh, an intense cynicism <laughs> for anybody who who threatens to tell me what's going to happen next
3: oh yeah right.
2: so uh, i i figure if uh, You know, if the chair of the Federal Reserve and or, uh, you know, these these guys that are paid a jillion dollars to prognosticate, if they can't get it, they're in a chance I can. So I will get what we get. And eventually it'll go back up. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping sooner rather than than later.
1: Your hopes and my hopes and and everybody's hopes. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of a lot of people's retirement incomes tied up. Absolutely. You know and and we've been full bear for a bit i mean outside of a, a a brief um a brief very brief very very brief period of time uh yesterday this is not looking good uh, and and i've been watching it i've been fo- following it. it we've had three quarters with big media and big tech which have been leaders for a while just tumbling down and tumbling down and tumbling down and i i've, I've I I have to admit, we're headed into a winter of discontent um and when it comes to those stocks. I think they will finish the full year well below where they started the year. And in uh, you're you're looking at that. I mean, yeah, the yeah. only the only stock that is that is performed is is only performed recently and gained and gained back what they lost. Um, and, and, or darn near even, and that would be Twitter, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the show, <laughs> I, but man, I, I'm telling you right now, my, my I'm looking at my wallet going, Whoa, what happened?
0: Well, and, and <laughs> you had a, you had a video on this, uh, this morning, culture talking about the big tech and what's been in happening yeah. with that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where I've, it's funny, I'm, I'm reading, uh, Tom Clancy's debt of honor at mm-hmm. the moment. Which is which is Probably. the story of the Japanese Zaibatsu business people crafting a computer virus that essentially crashes the market in the in the United States and it has this effect of everything kind of goes haywire and what effect that has on the economy. And I'm sitting there going, you know, things that are going on in the real world over the last three or four or five years uh, the last two, especially three, especially feels like they've come out of a Tom Clancy book. You know, when the when the pandemic hit, and then the economy crashed, and all of this stuff's going on, and then you got the Ukraine thing happening, and stuff going on with China and Taiwan. I thought this is a Tom Clancy book directed by Quentin Tarantino. I mean, this is this is this is a mess that we're in. And and yeah, Death Angel Shadow says, you know, Janet Yellen says this was transient.
1: I don't see us coming out of this anytime soon. Well, that was that was a lot of uh redirection done very early on by what is a political appointee that really shouldn't be in the position they're in. And we've had many of those in the course of the last 8 to 10 years that yeah. people ended up in positions they certainly shouldn't have. But um you know, it's we're kind of paying the price for lack of uh follow through. On um, uh, when it comes to antitrust laws, because I will suggest that here in this country, um, putting all the power into a hand of and I'll you know use the terminology oligarchs has been a real problem because they essentially can now manipulate, control, shift markets easily. Yeah. I mean, we saw that you know the run up the run up for Twitter, which you know I had to make a correction in the video I put together yesterday because by the time the video had been recorded. Thirty-five minutes later, Musk elected to move forward. You know, uh, with his purchase of it, and now look at the run-up. That thing is going to get to what he's going to pay for it, of course. And and and, yeah. and you know that a lot of people are like, "I'll take my two bucks." You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'll take my two bucks. And sound sound planning. They had to stop trading, I believe, twice yesterday on Twitter, wow. um, and, and because of in light of the. Announcement, non-announcement uh, that was made, and I I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, this is incredibly overvalued. But we'll never know. So all of the value that I was talking about that they they've they've regained, right? And this will put them over where they finished last year, which is interesting. Um, we won't know in the fourth quarter because it'll be private, and you it won't, they won't report earnings anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I and I, you know, the other thing is is. That,
3: you know, Elon
2: Musk probably read the writing on the wall, which is the courts were not going to be good to him on this. So let's go ahead and go through it. And I think he had determined that he was overpaying and he probably is overpaying. On the other hand, um, it's funny how things you know kind of work out in the long run. I mean, does anybody care what they paid for a stock 15 years ago? in the long run, it turns out okay. Yeah. And if I was betting, I would bet that Elon Musk comes out of this okay as well. Um, but it's not surprising that news like we had yesterday or in the last several months can drive the market up or down, at least in the short term. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of what's happened in the market over the last year has been, Kind of a, a change in in interest rates. I mean, you know, the the yeah. last thirty or forty years, interest rates have been going down, and the Fed held them artificially down for all of this year and most of last year. Now they're raising them again, and that has to affect the value of stocks. It has to, because you know many of those businesses are borrowing in order to make money now that doesn't mean that it's you know it ruins the stock market but it does change the valuations at least temporarily yeah. and you know we'll, we'll see what happens but there's pretty good explanations for this yeah
1: um, well i i'm sure I, I mean there is but honestly i mean we've we've seen what the effects of our, of, of rampant inflation and it is that's not going to stop anytime soon no and and it, you know these massive rate uh I mean, point, uh, uh, you know, almost a full point every time or three quarters of a point every time isn't isn't
3: gets gets up there fast.
1: It does. And it changes it changes the dynamics of people who would be entering the the home buying market and things like that. A lot of if I were right now, a millennial looking at my second house, uh, I might not be buying if I was a millennial looking at my first house. I might not be buying it. Well, I I heard, uh, uh, who
0: is it, Uh, Dale Wamsley talking on his program about how a lot of people are looking at this and don't realize the impact that this is going to have on a lot of uh, not just just regular home buying single-family homes, but also multi-unit rental properties, all of this stuff with the interest rates climbing. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a huge impact on a lot of these people that had originally planned to buy or they they are in the process of buying. And now suddenly the thing that they bought is not worth as much.
1: Well, and and, and that's and that, but that's true about everything, including yeah, stock right. that we were just talking about. That's right. You know, yeah. it, it, OK, so and this is a hard concept for people to understand. I'm sure Dan gets it and many others here, probably. But for most people out there in the world, they don't understand that inflation is a tax on the, 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 the poor and the middle class. It is, it is the most insidious kind of shift in, in currency value. and it's, it, it, it's, it, But it's not just happening in the United States. This is a global effort to shift all of the currency. We've had um, the creation of parity, between the pound and the euro and the dollar and they're they're aiming this I, i'm sorry i don't believe this is by chance they're aiming for currency parity so that they can move, man, manipulate things to get a singular currency and that is a that's a real problem uh, you, you when you homogenize things like that you're no longer in a free market we haven't been in a free market in a while but you're no longer in in a, in, in a, in a there's no free market anymore um it, there's no quality market economy i don't know dan do you want to speak to that at all or
2: yeah, no, I agree. Uh, inflation is terrible. The, the, uh, you know, the interesting thing, though, is that um, I, we're remarkably resilient. And uh, one of the things that happens, I mean, you know, when I bought my first house, my wife and I got married back in 78. We bought our first house in 81. And uh, I think our first uh, interest rate was 11 and percent. And they went up from there before they came back down over the last 30 or four years. But even at 11 percent at the time, that's what everybody got. You know, it was built into salaries. It was built into compensation. Mm -hmm. If you were moving people into town, you had to pay them enough that they could meet the new mortgage payments and stuff. And so uh, what what you said, culture is exactly right. The people who suffer. Are the people at the lower uh, rungs of the ladder that is the truth because uh, the two asset classes that traditionally keep up with inflation better than anything else are uh, common stocks um, and real estate
3: yep.
2: okay yep. those are the two and the truth of the matter is most of the people who are fairly well off in the country own their real estate, and they have a portfolio of stocks. So those people over time are probably going to fare okay. The people who suffer are the people who are scraping to buy, making choices about, you know, do I buy groceries or do I buy gasoline? Okay. Now that will adjust too eventually because you know those people will have to be paid so that they can afford things. But right now, initially, uh, it's really tough on those people.
1: Well, so, I, 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 and I want to add to the fact that right now, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon because yeah. we're we're seeing a shrinkage of available uh, uh, positions in the job market. But job market <laughs> is is declined dramatically. We had lots of open positions and I don't right. care what the financial papers are telling you. We're just we're we're not even we haven't even replaced the jobs that we lost since <laughs> the pandemic.
2: Right. No, that's right. That yeah. is exactly and, and, right. And
1: so you're being lied to continually by the mainstream and and it's not helpful. Because it, it creates people made economic decisions in 2020 and 2021 that were that were foolhardy and they didn't know it because they were being manipulated in life. You know that. No, 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 no. The,
2: the, mm-hmm. the government, by creating easy money and stuff like that, mm-hmm. made it seem like it wasn't as bad a thing as it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're tightening the reins. And so everybody's going to pay a price for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I also say it's it's. Uh, This is the story I tell all the time. I entered the business in 1984. The Dow on the day I entered the business was at 1147. Mm -hmm. And it's at 30,000 today. Okay. And what I would say is that every single day since then, the sky has been falling. Okay, if you go back and look at the Wall Street Journal headlines every day for the last (laughs) 35 years, somewhere, somewhere, somehow somebody is proclaiming, you know, gloom and doom, not saying that this is not an ugly scenario. It absolutely is an ugly scenario. What I'm saying is that we adapt better than we think we're going to adapt. So I'm not as doom and gloom going forward as some people are. I do understand the problems. Um, I do think they are made worse uh, by politics. I think everybody wants you to believe that you're in better shape than you really are, and they paint a picture that is not entirely true because of that. Um, I, I, But I, again, I, same thing I said earlier, I don't hold forth with anybody's you no. know predictions well, because and they Cam, end up being wrong way too much. Cam one has got a yeah. got
0: a good point yeah. here. He says that's all true unless you account for malevolence. I mean, you know, you know the the question here is uh, whether or not there's actually an intent by yeah. forces at, at work to get us to a point of prosperity again, or if the goal. Is to break
1: everything and uh, rebuild. Yes. I
0: mean, you get and, into, and, you know, Saul Alinsky, you get into Cloward
1: Priven. And, and my know, argument and, is that's what's being done. But I think I'm, so. I'm, I'm being careful to be non-conspiratorial. Oh, no, no. I
2: th- <laughs> I th- no, I think there are people, uh, I do. I think there are people and entities in the world on both sides of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, and, uh, you know, they both both groups will take advantage of whatever uh, is is out there today Mm -hmm. and claim that, you know, they're making things better or making things worse. But, um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Our, you know, our goal in life is to adjust to whatever and take care of ourselves and our families. Right. I mean, and, and so whatever it is, we have to do the best we can. And I believe that, you know, being knowledgeable helps, but I don't think it assures success. Yeah. And uh, I, a matter of fact, I think investing, and I've said this many times before, is actually harder on really smart people than it is on other people. Because I think they're looking for patterns and trying to understand things that sometimes aren't there.
1: And yeah, that, pat- that makes I, it tougher. You know, and it's easier. I okay, I'll just speak to my experience yep. now. Pattern recognition is easier everywhere except for in the stock market. <laughs> when it comes to money, it's it's way harder. And that you know, there were there there are algorithms, uh, financial algorithms, written to try to predict the market, and they they're not exactly foolproof in <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But I but I I would contend that um, inflation's effects, a uh, cost of living shifts. I would yes. I would argue since the point in time that you're suggesting back in '84 uh, that uh, the market hasn't kept pace. I mean, it, right now stocks. I it, it, uh, this is going to get weird, but with the Dow Jones specifically, it's below the red line of resistance. Uh, they, they're, 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 there's essentially an effort to undercut support. You know, and and uh, the, I I don't know. Can you? Do you agree is that, I mean, or is that just my perceptions twisted or am I wrong? No, no,
2: no. I think, so uh, one of the things that I've seen over the years, um, you know, the, the stock market performs in fits and starts,
3: okay? Yeah,
2: always. So you'll sit, you'll sit for like, So I started the company I'm in now in 1998 and that was really truthfully kind of the tech bubble.
3: Oh, and yeah. uh, so
2: it was at the, it was at the top you were at the and top then. Head. And you know what happened over the next 10 years until you get to like 2007, 2008, is the market was essentially quiet. You didn't get much return at all for that period of time. But then when it took off, it jumped way up real quick and made up for all those bad years. Now, 2008, market crashed again and then we've been on this uphill drive cool. since then okay. but what my, my my point is if you happen to look at 2005 or 2006 the same thing's true there the yeah. market has underperformed for a long period of time it's the jump up that makes up for it and we aren't there yet
1: but, but, yes. but arguably I don't think we're a, any it'll happen anytime soon there are too many yeah. broken elements right we the the I, I don't I don't care what anybody says globally. Um, real estate valuation, even though it's incredibly overvalued, is 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 not where it, it, it's reasonably should be. And you have I mean, there's all these other elements that are completely broken. I'm I'm looking. OK, so as Evergrande has continued to default on their things in China and these other real estate developments are being artificially supported now by the government outright. Um, you know, the Chinese economy is in grave peril. Um, you, someone in the in the in the chat suggested uh, the inflation rate for several uh, the several of the uh, foreign entities like Turkey and other governments like that or countries like that they're off the chart. Never seen anything eighty four percent inflation. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, like the la- isn't the last time we saw this was like in Brazil and Argentina many like two decades yeah. ago. Yeah. I'm just I'm looking at it and I'm going this is this is absolutely insane, and there's not. Uh, there's not a lot of like common sense, you know, out there right now. When it, when it <laughs> well, comes That's for
2: that. sure. So, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, um,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm very worried. Cause I do, I don't see, the, the real estate's broken. It's we're about, we're on the verge of collapse here in the States. Um, yeah, the financial markets are headed downward. And, and I think we're I, not, are we entrenched in a bear market? I think that, you know, when everybody celebrates the one day of a win, like we did yesterday, That's, 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 that's not a good time to be, you know, you know, engaged in uh, death angels,
0: death angels in the chat says, I remember when they made a big deal about Dow at 10,000. I remember that well. I mean, that, that ages us, but let (laughs) let, let me ask you this then, because, you know, you look at what's happening with Twitter and, and the big tech and, and, and culture, you've been talking about this with, with everything that's been going on there in the fourth quarter. It's going to, the whole thing's going to implode. Does this impact, you know, how how does Elon buying Twitter impact the, the effect overall on big tech? Is that going to be a good thing? Is it going to be a bad thing? Because there are people out there that think that it's going to be a bad thing. You got Ben Collins here. Oh, yeah, is it would, from I, Well, first NBC. of all, the minute you start
1: to see check marks, I highly put anything they say in doubt. <laughs> but, uh, see, but he's but saying, they,
0: but he's saying something out loud here that he probably shouldn't, ought to say.
1: And oh no, they they revealed their, themselves, yeah. right? And especially when it comes into into an election cycle. Go yeah, ahead. I'm he sorry. Says, no, that's okay.
0: Me. He says, for those of you asking, yes, I do think this site can and will change pretty dram- dramatically if Musk gets full control over it. No, there is no immediate replacement. If it gets done early enough, based on the people he's aligned with, yes, it could actually affect midterms. He's basically admitting here that big tech has influence over elections, which is something that everybody has been saying, oh, no, 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 that's nothing, that's nothing. my, My quote
1: tweet, my quote tweet's actually one of many that stacked on top of what he said which yeah. is you're saying the quiet part out loud that we've been trying to shout from the hilltops and been getting essentially shadow banned, restricted, removed from platforms for saying, you know? And, and when, you know, stories come out like with Facebook where, you know, the government is deeply involved with what's allowed to be on one of these supposedly independent platforms, government's not allowed to do what government's been doing when it comes to any of these things. Right. And, you know, uh, the the under the, under 230, you know, there is no reason for anyone on, on, on any of these social media platforms to be censored, uh, unless they are directly encouraging or participating in an actually outright illegal act that is credible, not speculative, right? That's why we didn't get, you know, some election changing things that occurred on these social media platforms, because they had been manipulated by b- entities as, as powerful as the FBI. And in that 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 again, when I say there's willful forces at work to disassemble the the structures here in this country, I don't believe I'm overstating it. But again, I'm being careful with my words because I don't want to appear conspirator uh, excuse me, appear conspiratorial because well, I value look, your platform.
0: The va- the well, the difference between conspiracy theory and truth is about six months. So no, no, it's I mean, less than that now. It's uh, less three than months, that yeah. now.
2: And we find out that many things that were, yeah, exactly, that were considered conspiracy are, in fact, true. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I suspect what's interesting to me is I suspect that the, the bigger uh, image uh, picture of, of Elon Musk taking over Twitter is a cultural sh- shift or will yes. be a cultural yeah. shift, yeah. which may well have financial impact, especially to the, the, those companies. That's yeah, what I would say. I agree but, with you. But the cultural shift is actually the bigger of, of the two things. The, the more important shift is the cultural shift. The secondary shift is the financial shift. So mm-hmm. well, I, do, think- and I do think. And I think that's part of the reason why he decided to go through with the thing. So even though he knows he probably overpaid based on what he discovered since then, I think he's decided that it's probably worth the uh, effort to go ahead and buy it anyway, because he suspects he can change things.
1: But it creates other opportunities for him, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, there are many different things that went into his decision to buy Twitter. Right. Um, one of them being this X platform that he was his original idea going back a billion years ago, because w- it was a, one of the original companies that he founded, which was acquired by PayPal, all of which I recently learned because I hadn't paid attention. My, I, you know, I had been suggested to me by someone or, you know, through like, I don't know, a, uh, what do you call that? A, you know, a, a CERN event that he was a founder of PayPal. I it, no, he was acquired by PayPal when his company X because that's what it was called now he's talking about x freshly yeah like he's going to reinstitute this idea and you know interstellar communication could be a use for twitter not interstellar but you know in our, within our solar system and it's a perfect platform for that it's also you know if he's going to really put people on mars you know you you, you that's an effective communication tool uh, you know 100 and, or you know 128 characters 256 characters that you can beam 20 minutes it's to earth and back and forth. So you have some form of, re- you know, re- relatively recent communication from, you know, far distances. <laughs> we don't even understand the the, the term long, long range. That's long range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so that's one element. But the other element, I think, beyond the cultural significance here, is he has an opportunity for fraud claims. Because as we've seen, and this is anecdotal at this point, but I'm certain it'll be proven, Bots are being wiped off this the, the Twitter platform constantly since this, this since this announcement that this was going to go through, uh, people have lost thousands, if not tens of thousands, depending upon the size of their following uh, followers on this on Twitter because they are literally wiping the bots that Elon was claiming existed beyond the five percent that they actually came out and stated in financial documentations and quarterly calls they've exposed themselves the people who made those claims will, could be held liable for fraudulent activities and subjected to a whole lot of nastiness. You don't make those statements if you if you can't back them up. And I believe a lot of these tech companies, and this is speculative, right, personal right. opinion, right. that a lot of these companies have been making these kinds of statements that are have no foundation for quite some period of time.
2: I agree. And I think uh, that you know that's part of the cultural impact of, of of Musk buying Twitter, is it puts people on notice that you know the fake junk has got to go. It it doesn't just put Twitter on notice; yeah. it puts all the uh, social media on notice. And uh, that's what I say: it's it's a cultural shift. Could um,
1: Dan, be interesting. Ask, I want to ask you, Dan. So could this be? Could this be very damaging to governments around the world when Musk takes over and is able to present actual evidence, uh, prima facie evidence that um, there was conspiratorial action between governments and these platforms? It, it, at that point in time, right? Uh,
2: yeah, no, I think it's you know I think that's absolutely right, and what it does is it damages the credibility of the governments whatever governments they are. Yeah. And that is, you know, in any government, when people, I mean, obviously in America, people have lost faith in our government over the years. That's not anything new, but what? it is it is institutional. And um, it, it, it could, I mean, even though, i'm I'm a baby boomer you know we gave up on trusting everybody uh 40 50 years ago (laughs) but we still have some trust you know it's not diminished to nothing but as as this stuff has heated up a lot of it i mean you know stuff about the fbi and the and the cia and all that kind of stuff i mean people i I don't trust those people okay it's, it's, been been, it's worse now than it was five years ago, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> an, an institutional trust took another massive hit when they essentially went after a prior president in, in the way that it was done using the uh, the institution that people have lost faith in and are continuing to. The U.S. in July, a Gallup poll came out July 5th of 2022, and I this is so fun because I get to talk about these numbers, but <laughs> it came out and it, th- th- we hit a record low for institutional trust in this country. Uh, The US uh, average confidence across all institutions is at a low of 27%. Literally one in four people, and that's probably lower today, one in four people trust to, to any degree or have a little bit of confidence in institutions. Three out of four don't. They don't trust any of these institutions whatsoever. That's a bad idea. You, it, undermines the, it undermines the foundations of not only government and, and obviously the judicial system, everything that government's comprised of, right? It, it, it strips away, um, you know, confidence in society overall. Now, mind you, this is just in the United States. Right. Globally, the confidence has been stripped away from a lot of things. And you're seeing social uprisings that aren't covered by the mainstream media mm-hmm. in countries around the world in objection to um you know these these uh, institutions implementing things that are not within the bounds of law for their individual countries but anyway i've the, talked for a long the time the interesting
0: the interesting thing the ironic thing about that is that, that for for a number of these incidents like you're talking about you look at what's happening in iran for example yeah we wouldn't know about a lot of this stuff without social media of some right. sort because you know it, you know you've got students being locked up in their dormitories so they can't demonstrate in Iran. And yeah. and we wouldn't know about this unless it was posted to Facebook or Twitter or wherever. Mm-hmm. And so True. you have this you have this effort and I and and I have I have held the belief for a number of years, you know, you hear this, you know, politics is downstream of culture. Yeah. And if the culture can change and of course they're trying desperately to change the culture to get us to accept the sexualization of children. Right. It, it, it looks like there, there should be more blowback and and I think Elon taking over Twitter is just one piece of that because he's also hinted at buying YouTube. Now does, if he if he wow. say he gets he gets Twitter, let's say he goes after YouTube next and folds everything into X, I mean, besides the fact that we could be broadcasting to Mars, this this is kind of a huge deal in terms of what content, what material, what programming actually gets out into the world. Because, you know, like you, you're talking about uh, Section 230 earlier, Culture. Yeah. We've got that yeah. decision from the Fifth Circuit talking about that law from from Texas that says... These platforms are not allowed to censor right. because Section 230 prevents them from doing that. You yeah, want for, that protection. Yeah, political,
1: political speech, political candidates. Yeah.
0: yeah. And if we've got people now who are saying the, that part out loud that says, well, yes, these social media platforms can impact elections. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm like, so well, he, you're burning down the barn.
2: No, no. I saw a presentation years ago, and it, I, can't, I wish I could remember who did it because I'd like to give them accolades. But basically, they said, you know, uh, remember the Cold War ending, the Ronald Reagan thing, you know, mm-hmm. tear down this wall. Yeah. The, the presentation I saw said that that basically was a result not of political or or, or diplomacy, but of the Internet. is that basically what happened is that people on the other side of the wall started seeing what the rest of us were living like and would no longer tolerate it. And I think that's what we're starting, I mean, starting, that's what we're seeing in places like Iran and other places, is that people do see the freedoms and things. Now, the the downside of that is the, the way the United States was set up and the way we did things there was there was a belief that the the genuine truth would shine through to anybody who was discerning enough to study it right Right. okay I mean that was the is that yes there will be people free speech there'll be people on both sides but most of us would be able to see through that to know what was true and factual and what was not and I still hold out some hope for that I mean when I see you know, some half the stuff I see about politics in the United States, I think, well, people are smarter than that. You know, they you can <laughs> say anything you want from the podium, but people aren't going to buy that. And I hope that's true. Oh, Dan, you're, you're an optimist. You're an optimist. Yeah. The other part of it is I also think that um, there are people out there who make things look true that aren't. So, yeah.
1: well, yeah, I mean that's the problem with the mainstream media. But I'm not going to get into a critique of that on this. <laughs> yeah, <thing. But laughs> well, I get it. Yeah, focusing, refocusing on the financial aspects of it <laughs> all, I think that I think that this dramatically changes things financially going forward. Because again, from the cultural side of the equation, this is a very influential uh, platform. Despite the fact that it really dwindling activity on it um, and people of interest, I think that's one of the reasons Musk was actually noticing. He actually he actually noticed that the decrease in, you know, humanity participating actively. And I yeah. think that kind of helped drive that decision as well. I mean, obviously, we've heard the anecdote where the you know the Babylon V was what inspired him to you know make <laughs> this purchase in the first place. But I think he took a deep I think he took a deeper look at it. And as the the personal communications between him and the many people that he talked to prior to his offer to purchase uh, pretty clearly indicate that everybody was on board with getting this taken taken a different direction because they had had activist board members come on board. Yeah. Probably, like I said, the most the most vile amongst activist investors, in my opinion, and this is an opinion statement. Everybody, is the fellow over at Elliott, and I think that he is very destructive towards culture, uh, and is pushing forth a lot of these cultural shifts that are doing what Jason described um, that I, I I I really get angry about. Let's put it that way, because I I think that the last thing we should be doing is is introducing children to something that develops less innocence. Children should be innocent for as long as possible. I agree. Uh, For as long as you can cultivate that and so they can grow up and become normal functioning adults, gradually letting them discover the world is better than forcing it upon them. And because it's easier to control people when you you drive fear into them right away. And that's part of the mechanism that's in place now. And I'm not going to go into that because, again, well, and that 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 lets me
0: that lets me kind of segue a little bit into, you know, when you control what people see, Facebook is notorious for doing that as well. And now you've got this uh, in the Hollywood Reporter. They're they're (laughs) shutting down their substack rival, something called Bulletin. I didn't even know they had this. Yeah. And, you know, we've got layoffs in the social media. we got layoffs in, in media itself. You know, the streaming services, you know, Netflix laying off all these people and, and this kind of thing. Does Is this maybe a harbinger of big tech finally getting uh, their comeuppance and starting to suffer a little bit financially because people are starting to move away from these platforms because of the destructive behaviors they've had?
2: I
1: don't know. We I think it's a bellwether, actually. What do you think?
2: Yeah, probably so. I, 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 um, I just think that, you know, we we have grown intolerant of a lot of this. Yeah. And uh, and we're growing more intolerant. And that changes. It's, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. I mean, it still grew into some great states and some great people, but all of a sudden, everybody stopped packing, you know, six guns on their side and carrying rifles with them every place they went. I, I think that's probably what's going to happen here. It will become more subdued, but less controversial, maybe. I well, hope.
1: I I, I, th- I think so. And and again, I mean, um, uh, to me, it's it's a bellwether because the the impact in these tech companies is so severe, and 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 yeah. it is. They are they've been hiding that for quite some time um you're losing 12,000 employees at facebook as a result of the downturn and the fact that they are looking for performance they're they're insisting upon performance metrics now you're going to start seeing that in all yeah. of these not just tech companies but media companies and i i think that a return to sensibility is very important you have uh and look in 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 uh direct response to actual leadership you were seeing people lash out at these leaders like D- David Zoslov is being lashed out against because of the direction he's trying to turn Warner Brothers discovery um you're seeing obviously Zuckerberg who again he, this he didn't this isn't a secret six months ago he started talking about you know performance three months ago he warned people, that performance would be required. So all of this has been coming for quite some time. They've they've seen they've seen the writing on the wall and this is it. When it comes to media and tech they are tied together. Most people don't see it, but it's true because everything is based on ad tech now. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah yes. and and if the if, if the advertisement pool is drying up because the financial markets are 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 in disarray and i'm saying that nicely uh and with the inflation what it is with people counting every dollar with people you know turning away from paid subscriptions and streaming platforms yeah i can keep going but it's all based on advertisement and the advertisement market is drying up it's too uh it's 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 saturated everything that relies on adver- advertisement is oversaturated to this point point. and again i mean in just the recent video i did Consider this. Dan, you're subjected, because you're probably on the computer as much as I am every day, you're subjected to somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 ads per day. That's how much much they're vying for your attention. We are in something called um, an attention economy, and I did a video on this specifically. I didn't do it well. I could have done it better, uh, but it's it, it, because it's a new concept. It's something that has had been introduced a long time ago as an economic theory, but it's true. Uh, the most valuable thing that we possess as humans is our attention. That's why, you know, statements like um, pay attention are so important because it, it implies the two two things, uh, the value that's there, pay mm-hmm. and attention. And that's it, – it, 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 It's incredibly valuable. Your attention is one of the most valuable assets. And then consider that you're always sold. You are always sold as a product because you're not just sold for the free things now. You're sold also for the pay things. You're constantly being sold. The license agreements that you sign when you subscribe to any of these things, et cetera, et cetera. So again, this attention economy now is in a stranglehold because you're starting to see people pull back from a lot of these services. That's going to be that's going to make advertisement even more valuable in a market where advertisers aren't seeing a return on their expense, because, again, they're subjected to six to ten thousand six to ten thousand uh, uh, ads per day. The human being a human being doesn't process that kind of information that way. Yeah. So it was wasted. Right. You, you used to you used to be able to say your marketing budget was wasted. Fifty percent, 50 percent of it was wasted. Fifty percent of it was good. Those numbers are no longer true. Ninety percent of what you're spending is wasted, because people get hammered by this stuff all the time. That's because it's it, it, it's supposed to drive it's supposed to drive um, eyeballs, but people it's, are ignoring it. Jason you, yeah. Jason suggests he pays six, eight dollars a month to avoid ads by re- YouTube Premium. Yeah, uh, you know a lot of people do that, and 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 so now you know YouTube makes that money advertisers are like, well, people are watching these videos, but they're not seeing my advertisements. So you just reduce the number of people seeing the advertisements. I well, mean, it's just, and, like, and it, it, you, you mentioned, Z- you, yeah,
0: mentioned Zaz- Zaz- you mentioned Zaz, you mentioned earlier and, and subscriber yeah. numbers and all of that. We're, we're not even sure that those numbers are accurate anymore. I mean, right.
1: here's yeah. this, this story. Well, that uh, gets back to the per- point way a long time ago. Yeah. Also, but first, yeah. first absolutely.
0: in the wrap, this is the vulture. Warner brothers is sued for allegedly embellishing subscriber numbers. This is, uh, I think from a week ago, Uh, September 27th, Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery being sued by Illinois-based shareholder Collinsville Police Pension Board in a class action lawsuit for allegedly misleading shareholders about the number of subscribers for
1: HBO Max. So basically,
0: they're sitting there saying, you lied about how many people are subscribed to your stream.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. so first and foremost, they've targeted the wrong group. You don't go after Warner Brothers Discovery, you go after AT&T. Because the statements were made during right. the time, a period of time in which it was AT and T, so problem one. But that'll be circumvented by the attorneys if they were worth their salt. Um, then you have you, you, and again, this is opinion. Okay, the, the, I'm not an attorney. I'm just saying. Um, but it, but by creating a class action, now you've opened the door to a lot more complaints right? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and, and it's not a coincidence no. that it's a pension board that filed the suit. No, okay. No, uh, it, no. It's an activist, me- it, just filing yeah. the suit as an activist matter. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: I saw a presentation uh, 10 years ago, to tell you how far back that goes mm-hmm. by Google about Google ads. Okay? okay. And at that time, this is going to, or at least it, it startled me then it still startles me today. The single most, you know how how uh, Google Ads works is you bid for certain, uh, you you bid so much per eyeball basically to get placement
1: on their device. yeah the, yeah the, they they do a Dutch auction yeah
2: exactly so oh. but the the number one most profitable word for them at that time was mes- methosphiliola methosphilioma me, okay filioma. yeah sorry yeah. I, yeah. I had it in my head I couldn't get it out my
3: tongue yeah I understand. But,
2: but, but, you know, and, and so that's 10 years ago. But you see why? is because the only people who look it up are people who actually have it. takes you to a class action suit. They're going to settle for $50,000. The law firm gets a third of it. So every eyeball that they buy brings them in $15,000, $16,000, $17,000, right? So that's the way it works. We're seeing the same thing now with the Camp Lejeune stuff. Exactly the yeah. same All thing. It, you- it is it's on every TV, yeah. everything. The only people are going to call are people who actually had a connection there during the time period Mm -hmm. and those ads, I guarantee they're being sold on the basis of how many calls you get.
0: Yeah. You know, that makes me think what I should probably do then on all of our videos is have Cam Lejeune as one of the keywords in, in, yeah. the, in, in the thing. Yeah, Just Pfizer. To see we
1: can get it. Pfizer. Pfizer, yeah. Moderna. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it, look, there's no, it's not coincidental what the, and again, yeah. I'm not going to do that. First of all, if you get caught exploiting the game, you get in trouble on these platforms. Yeah. But, um you know, the, the, but that's, that drives traffic. It absolutely, and, will.
2: and it's, it's, it's easily measurable. That's the thing Mm -hmm. is that that law firm can count how many calls they got and how much revenue it led to. It's none of that kind of um, asoteric, artful advertising thing where it makes you feel good, but it doesn't sell any hamburgers. Okay, that's that's not what's here. This is. If you respond, I can turn it into twenty thousand dollars. And that's
1: why it's in some of these companies' best interest to be vertically integrated with various different, you know, divisions of business, because you know one one side can feed the you know feel good we're doing the right thing future signal right. garbage, and the other side can actually make money. So you know when it's no surprise when Disney has spread itself out the way it has over the course of the last. Um, you know, several years this under Iger's leadership, uh, it 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 made a lot of sense then. It really did.
0: Well, and and that lets me bring this up because this this is just breaking. Uh, this is Variety. This is an article that popped this morning. Uh, yeah. A week Disney Hopes to limit the damage. Basically, talking about the damage control that they're doing uh, with regard to the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Yeah. And uh, they're they're basically talking about a restructuring here, where state official, state appointed officials would also be part of the management team uh, that would uh, that would oversee the Reedy Creek District. That basically yeah. would kind of operate as they have been, yeah. only now a little bit more state involvement. And the question is whether or not the Disney company is going to go for it. But something something that's interesting in this whole article. One thing popped out to me. Um, let me go down here. Uh, they're talking about because tar- all of this came out of the battle over the the parent the parental rights the parental and education rights thing.
1: Yeah. Parental rights and education. And bill.
0: the the battle from you know between Disney and DeSantis, But there's this one line here. Quote: Disney, for whatever reason, has gone quiet. Said Mike Cahane yeah. of AIDS Healthcare Foundation, who organized a protest at Disney World in March. I would speculate it has something to do with them trying to work out this bigger issue, which could have huge economic consequences to them. There is so much packed into that statement. But the beginning of that, where he says Disney, for whatever
1: reason, has gone quiet, I can think of a couple of reasons right off the bat. Yeah, they're actually, you're right. I mean, it, it, look, there are six reasons why that... That particular <laughs> paragraph is, is relevant. Most of them are financial, um, and and also reputational. because they, yeah. they, they they killed both at once in they one did. foul swoop and then the bad news kept stacking on each other and there was financial impact there dan what what do you think
2: yeah no i absolutely I, everything that they do is uh, ultimately economic and you know the other thing that you know i think that has really hurt the woke movement and uh, and this is part of the woke movement yeah. is the black lives matter uh issue uh oh, you boy. know where they collected a hundred million dollars much of it from corporate sponsors that wrote big checks and it turns out that very little of that's been used for any you know solid purposes unfortunately i mean he had a thing this weekend where kanye west blasted them you know and said it was all a big you know it's funny how those things pyramid i mean that is one organization that was incredibly woke and it blew up but i think it has implications across the board i mean i think a lot of impact
1: would would you suggest possibly that with a, a proper Justice Department, there would be an investigation and yeah, yeah. particular? Yeah. yeah, I mean, in, in look, Disney had a really unique situation with that district. They were a quasi governmental organization at that point because they they essentially had a, a degree of self-sufficiency and governance that no other entity, That's did. True. at least not That's in true. the state yeah. of Florida. Yeah. Um, sometimes a master planned community under certain strict regulations can have a certain amount of autonomy. But Disney, through, you know, I know people don't believe this, but through some various uh, methods employed by the CIA when they were going about doing weird things in other countries, Disney acquired all that land through, uh, like, a whole lot of subterfuge. Uh, The process of assembly was done uh, with help from the local governance. It stretched across two counties, right? Right and allowed them essentially to build and this is a little bit hyperbolic but actually factually true they could have built their own nuclear facility on their property (laughs) they do
2: have have that kind of no no they do have that kind of authority and 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 it is fueled yet today by massive lobbying massive contributions to florida uh politicians and u.s politicians i mean that's
1: and that's relevant here because yeah, it as you, is. as you know Dan and I, I we are rapidly coming up on the last opportunity for them to rewrite the law once more in disney's yeah. favor so mickey mouse doesn't go on the open market it's true
0: <laughs> well it's and, true. and and the other part of that is you know they have they have all of these you know you talk about spreading out and diversifying and vertical and all of this you know they're getting hit. They're getting hit with all sides, not just the political aspect of it, and the economic aspect of it. But one Consumer. thing, one thing that's gone away is this <laughs> uh, this problem here with uh, Sandy no, no. Cuba. She's I mean, she's gone has, away. She's gone away. The case still exists. The case, the, yeah. You know, so or the investigation, I should say. But yeah. This is uh, this is pirates and princesses. Disney settles case with whistleblower Sandy Cuba. Uh, worked for Disney as a senior financial analyst, claims she was fired after she reported some revenue recognition issues she discovered in Disney's software to management. Which one, which one, Basically, Disney
1: which... was cooking the books, she says. Well, the software was cooking the books, but they'd employed that software to make these judgments and statements. Right. And, you know, ultimately you're on the hook. It doesn't matter if there's somebody else involved in the chain of events, you're on the hook for those statements. This is a conversation that, that I would love to have with Dan because he would know even more about it than I do, but you're in big trouble with a lot of entities when you F that up you know? yeah. and see, I'm, I'm, I'm being nice about words. So no,
2: that, that is right. And, yeah. and, um, and if you read the whole article, um, You know, they were coming up on, they had already had a a summary judgment by a judge against Disney on this. Now, I'm sure they'll, they would have appealed it and all that kind of stuff. But in Mm. Musk like wisdom, they offered a settlement. And said, Don't "Look, we, let's just let's just call off the dogs on it." Is it, it I mean, it, it doesn't probably, stop the criminal stuff, yeah, but, but it, it stops
1: her s- from pursuing. S- it. The well, settlement so probably, would have
0: been nice to have before her husband committed
1: suicide. Overall. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, and it, again, the PR—they—they they have taken so many PR hits. If you go back to the beginning of the global crisis stuff that was foisted upon us from a country of unknown origin through some kind of <laughs> series of events that we're not even allowed to speculate about in public, or at least on these platforms because we get in trouble um you had milan come out and revealed when there in the very credits of the film the live action milan that they had partnered with the chinese government and they actually thanked a concentration camp where they keep the Weiger muslim slaves prisoners whatever you want to call them yeah and that's bad
3: yeah, and, and it, so it, it, it
1: started from there and from got there. progressively worse <laughs> i use their word progressive anyway so there <laughs> there <you go. laughs>
2: yeah i no I, and i think that the the again you know it's a cultural thing uh, yeah. disney could do no wrong for for five decades or yeah. something yeah. all of a sudden um they they aren't seen in the same it's the institutional erosion yeah. they are not seen in the same light that they were before i think they've had some real issues um mostly honestly so far cultural issues their finances have still continued to be pretty good and their projections are pretty good but there's no question they've taken a shot
1: and And, and uh, and a a bunch of shots i think it's going to be more significant because of their heavy reliance on the subscriber numbers around disney (laughs) plus the they they're going to artificially increase their arpu in the short term because of the massive increases across the board and the addition of their uh their ad ad tier coming up here in december but I, my argument would be that that's just going to have a short-term benefit because, again, macroeconomic co- conditions are going to continue to fall. And, you know, you can only artificially support things for so long, and we're looking at year three of this being artificially supported. Um, well, and, they're, and, they're about,
2: inflation hurts. a a firm like Disney is talking about taking your family to their parks or, or streaming videos and things like that. I mean, if you can't afford food and gas, you aren't spending the extra money for those things and it will impact
1: them. But it's, it, but it, it, like I said, I mean, they're, they're in, they're in a very, they're in a precarious position now, uh, because they've taken the reputational damage that we've mentioned multiple times now, and you just mentioned, but I, I'm looking at Disney going, okay, I saw target shift and and i i did a i think I did a video in part with this you know you you have uh uh Mr Cajal over at uh, Wells Fargo uh, recently did an analysis of across all these platforms it was included in the video I think I did today and he um he reset the targets positively for both um Disney and for uh Fox right uh, because they have the most upside they have a better balance sheet in the whole nine yards but my argument here would be, Disney's not going to be able to go out and get more war funding, right? They, they can't build up their coffers via, via borrowing as easily as they used to be. Um, and Or they used to, I should say. And uh, then you have, I think my arguments would be that it, when it comes to the linear television side of things and things that could be supported or licensed out, Fox actually has a more viable upside than even Disney does. And Disney's going to take a massive hit because despite the fact that they're vertically um, integrated, with all these different sectors, they're, they're screwed because all of those sectors in one way or another overlap and they require consumers to engage in, you know, supporting their products. And they're they're they've compromised them all, all of them in, in various ways. Anyway. Well, I think
0: too, you've got this incestuous relationship between all of the media companies and the tech platforms and, and the back and forth between, you know, uh, well, not, I mean, Back in the old days, you had government functionaries going to K Street and becoming lobbyists and, and back and forth like that. Now, you know, I think I think George Stephanopoulos was probably the 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 most prominent example of this where you had government people going into media and okay. you hear this. I mean, this is a this is another Disney thing. You've got a tech executive, Carolyn Iverson joining the board and you look at her. Her resume, and this is out of a deal from from Dan Loeb's Third Point. Apparently, there's been some contention back and forth with investors and whatnot. But it says here she's she's uh, uh, most recently president of Instacart. Before that, was a senior executive at Facebook, right? Where she led its advertising business. So there again, we get into you know selling us as product. She also yep. worked as CEO of Viacom as an ad sales executive of Microsoft. It's like it, the, you keep seeing the same names over and over yeah. and over again in all of this stuff. We even see it in Hollywood. There's this thing, I think, uh, uh, Mariko Tamaki is, is doing a thing with this other company that's doing this other thing. And I was like, I just keep seeing these same people over and over. And it's like we're recycling the same five people into all of this stuff. And nothing ever
1: gets better. No. And that's, and actually, that's kind of the point, right? Because again, it, prior to all of the events so since 2019, we had something called the Great Resignation. And we lost a lot of talent at CEO level for a long period of time over the course of 18 months, leading into all this mess that we just mm. went through. And that actually diluted the talent pool across the board. So you're going to continue to see less and less people who took the the their their money and ran at the top end of all of this it's almost like they foresaw somehow that you know the ground was going to crumble beneath them and so all these people bailed and they took their golden parachutes with them uh, and nice, uh, nice golden
2: parachutes yes yeah. well i think it's you know everything is blurred and that's part of the problem and i think that's part of the culture shift is back you know, I do some, uh, part of my job is, uh, is some uh, federal lobbying type activities uh, for um, one of our trade organizations. And one of the things I've discovered is really interesting, but, you know, a lot of the, first of all, a lot of the lobbying firms in Washington, D.C. are, of course, law firms. That's the first thing. The second thing is that um, when, when representatives or senators or, or powerful politicians leave government, they often join those very law firms and start working as lobbyists. Yeah. And one of the little quirks that I just think is fascinating is there in, the, in the U.S. Capitol, especially among representatives, there is, uh, you know, we've all seen pictures of all the representatives sitting in their, their deliberation room or whatever, a great big, you know, kind of thing. But there is what's called the, uh, cor- uh, the, um, the congressional coat room. Yep. okay, and what that is is that is basically off camera, and it is a place where these people can go kind of hang out with each other. And here's the most important piece. The only people who are allowed into the congressional courtroom, uh, a courtroom are sitting con- congressmen and retired congressmen. So, One of the reasons why your law firm picks up a retired congressman or somebody who got voted out or whatever is access. Absolutely. They can say to you, you know what, you you can see everything that's going on out here, but we've got a guy that's right inside the coat room talking to people because he used to be one of the congresspeople. It's all blurred. And I think most of us who are thinking people know that. And that's part of the issue with the media and with the social media and with uh, and with you know this whole you know whole lobbying kind of business it's a, it's a pulls together and we can see from the outside that's not what's best for citizens it's not.
1: Right. right no you're right and that's why again i'm going to bring back to the practice center back well, first of all lobbyists write legislation congress people and their staffs do not same thing that's in the true. senate and 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 so when you're wondering how did they put a 15,000-page bill together in two days, they didn't. This was been written for a long period of time by mm. by not them. That's so true. and it returns us to the the conversation around institutional support by you know the people that they govern, and it's dwindled dramatically. And we talk about institutions, you know, obviously there's government institutions, but there are also uh, institutions in the form of big business, small business, et cetera, et cetera. There's and non- and,
2: Nonprofits is a huge. Well, yeah, people and, don't and realize how important oh, yeah. that is, but
3: it's
1: yeah. huge. Yeah, and, and the nonprofits and the people that get those exceptions actually in most cases are operating in various ways that aren't that they should not be allowed that status. But I, we'll set that aside for the moment. But just because I covered it earlier, I'm going to revisit it very quickly. Uh, in 2001, institutional confidence in the presidency of the United States was 38%. So it had already slipped quite significantly in 2021. In 2022, July, it dropped to 23%. Ouch. Less than one quarter of people in this country support or or believe that the presidency is any, that anybody holds any confidence in that. Mm. And that, you know what? You've never heard that before. You've never heard what I just told you before anywhere. Yeah. If you did, it might've been with Tim Pool or somebody like that, but you've never heard what I just said. And then newspapers, newspapers, have dwindled from in 2021 21 percent to 16 percent you that's i mean these numbers are staggeringly low uh the criminal justice system fell from 20 percent beliefs belief in in the success of that or the positive side of that to 14 percent it fell an additional six percent after Mm -hmm. all, all of the riots and everything else that we were subjected to in the summer of love it continues to fall Uh big business, this is fun, went from okay, it was not thought of in a in a positive light anyway. Started at 18% in 2021, it fell to 14%, an additional 4% July to July. I'm I'm gonna keep going. There's two more. Television news. 16% (laughs) of people in 2021 thought that they had any confidence in that whatsoever. Last year, or this year, July eleven percent do you realize one in ten people believe that there's some credibility still there now wow. we'll, we'll get to the last one and this is laughable by me 2021 twelve percent of people had had faith in Congress <laughs> you know what it was in 2022 five eight seven eight, seven you were close wow. you were close seven percent that's that and all of that comes out of the great deal of confidence metric that Gallup Gallup does regularly and if you see the same thing on morning consult polling and all of that other stuff this it we have we have little faith we believe that all of these institutions are doing everything that are that it's not in our our, our best interest and that we're being lied to constantly and you know what we're being proved right almost every day
3: yeah
2: well, well, misinformation the, fills the void. That's the problem.
1: The other part of that too is, at one point,
0: True. businesses were in were in business to make money, and and now it seems like that's not quite as much of a consideration as it probably should be. I mean, one one good example of that's the CW. I mean, once went for a number of years, and 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 you know, whatever, whatever you may think about Batwoman. That woman's a classic example of the CW putting a TV show out there knowing that nobody was watching it. Well, but girl. it kept it kept getting renewed on the CW because it was getting the social media buzz. And right. it didn't have anything to do with profit. It didn't have anything to do with credibility or quality of craft or anything like that. And I think culturally, that kind of mindset is like like you talking about culture with all of these different mm. institutions they're not about the actual work and the results of what we need to get done it's right. how are we perceived in the in the culture and what kind of impact that we can have in the culture and how can we affect and change people to be more in line with what we think they should be doing
1: well it, you are not going to change a lot of people's minds when you dwindle down to 300,000 for that television program but then when you follow <laughs> it up with something like bat bat, bat, girl, bat girl bat girl which was going to be a film under the Warner Brothers banner uh, you can see why Zaslav shut that down you know and and I'm 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 like there's there's been an absence of strong leadership in all of these positions for a while yes. because it, sometimes to get the gig you're compromised Right. And that wasn't the situation with, you know, obviously the heavily Liberty Media supported Discovery Network that Zaslav was put in charge of. And then when you end up when you end up with, you know, John Malone insisting that they do a reverse Morris Trust in order to get, you know, to spin out, you know, Warner Brothers into Warner Brothers Discovery, you see you see that, you know, kind of like a way of trying to pull the culture back to the norm. Because that was the that was Malone's whole thought process there, which included restructuring CNN, which he'd been talking about for years. It, 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 it's not. It's it's like these the the mechanisms to stop the wheels that are turning in the wrong direction take forever to get done. It's like turning an oil tanker around that's out of control, wildly headed for shore. Yeah. The larger the business,
2: the bigger the problem, honestly, because as you become smaller, you can't afford to be wasting time on stupid crap. That's the truth. And so that's why small business is so important. And uh, and we've kind of lost that in America today, I think. But, uh, you know, hopefully it'll come back. I mean, I don't know. Common
1: sense. Well, look at Netflix. Netflix is pivoting. They're not doing it fast, but they're pivoting. Um, You know, Warner Brothers pivoted hard, but I think they saw the writing on the wall. Spinning off the, excuse me, selling off, I should say, <laughs> the CW, at least most of it, because Warner still controls 12.5% and uh National Amusements, I believe, still controls 12.5% with, uh, Paramount, right? Because I think they were both in hand in hand with that. Am I wrong? I think that's no,
0: wrong. I think you're either anyway. you're right. I'm not sure of the numbers, but yeah, those
1: yeah, no, twelve and a half percent. So it's twenty five percent is controlled between Warner and yeah, and then they end up at Next Yeah. And he, this guy with the unfortunate last name, um, he he uh he is no longer there because when Next Star took over, they basically got rid of any everybody, including the financial person. Why? Because the financial person was terrible. This was probably the Andy. worst run network on the planet. I don't know, Dan, your thoughts.
2: No, no, I mean they they weren't making any money hadn't made any money right. and if you read the stuff they're they're targeting being profitable by i think 2025
1: yeah they so. they, have a two year turn, <laughs> they're, they are targeting a two-year turnaround i'm like but they but they are going completely away from the berlanti stuff which had all of this cultural garbage that was inserted into it and you know what next star media has gone up ever since look at that doing pretty well and I, 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 like, I like, I like I, I knew this was going to be a good decision for them. They control television affiliates like you don't even believe. Most people don't understand how that works out either. Yeah, yeah, um, but Nextar is station. fast approaching the maximum television affiliations that they can own, because <laughs> you can only own thirty-three percent of a given thing. You know, and they, they they actually own a bunch of uh, affiliates that are across the board. But by acquiring their own network, they were able to stretch out even further and roll those affiliates into that and so on and so forth. The so. funny part about the CW, uh,
0: yeah. and I've, I've mentioned this before, because yeah, had Fat Elvis hits on it, actual, actual viewers were 50 plus. Yeah. The funny part about this, I, I worked for a CW affiliate. Uh, Here in Kansas City for a number of years, and when the CW first came in, it was WB, and then it became the CW. And UPN and WB. Yes, yes. UPN and WB merged and became the CW. And the original plan was to go after the twenty-something female demographic was the priority at that point. You had things like Dawson's Creek. And, and Vampire, uh, drunk, paranormal vampire Diaries, yeah. you had uh, Felicity, you know, they, they kind of merge all of these different things. And one of the things that they found, to their surprise, is that they were also attracting women 54 and up. And yeah. what they figured oh, yeah. out was the girls are watching the shows with their moms, you know, Gilmore yeah. Girls type of thing, you know, mom and daughter are yeah. watching the shows together. That's interesting and eventually like well we got this female demographic we need the we need the male demographic which is where yeah, you know is you the know. same kind of thing that Disney was talking about when they bought Marvel and Lucasfilm they we've got the disney right. princesses but we need we need a male audience and so we go after the superheroes the same thing with the cw well we've got the female mm-hmm. demographic we need the male demographic and the target is not necessarily who was watching the shows because like i said you right. know right. 50 and up well, we're watching all the superhero shows because we grew up reading comic
1: books. You know, you can, always, you can always tell when there's awareness within a given platform that they understand their audience because you, the, the advertisements are targeted to who they really know is watching. Yeah. And if you ever watched the, the CW shows like Bat, Batwoman or any of the other stuff that recently came out of the Berlanti-verse, which thank God we're almost done with. <laughs> um, Superman and it, Lois
0: is really good, though.
1: I've been happy with. He that had way. very little to do. I'm not even going to get into that. But yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> the the we're, we've gone long anyway, and that's my fault. But, no, that's all right. Um, you know, that actually speaks to what they actually know, and and if you ever want to know what's truly happening, just look at what the advertisements are because that's that's who these the the, the show, the network, the the streaming platform, whatever. That's who they truly appeal to. Yeah. That's where the
2: money is.
1: Yeah, and that's and there's no money in the youth now youth <laughs> there are three there are three generations there are three generations where there is going to be no money starting 2 years from now. There will be no money in three generations. I mean not that not that it's going to be spent on frivolous garbage. I think that's a good way to put that. So. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what you're looking for. It's going to be the durable goods market, folks. It's going to be the people that own things, the people that have houses that need to own cars that, you know, are going to go about doing all of that. And I think federal regulation is going to actually stymie that. Because I think people are going to see the rioting on the wall. They're not going to go out and buy an electric car. It's too expensive and it's going to be unreliable because if, you know, we continue to strip away the generation of power in many states and, 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 and across the country, how are you going to put juice in that car? You're not. <laughs> and so, I mean, these are exasper, exas, these problems will be exasperated because of current leadership and yeah. the policies that have been put in place by the, Jesus in the oh I almost cursed. In the last two years.
0: Sorry, well, I try not no, to that's I okay. just, that's right. get mad.
1: That's all right. Well, and speaking
0: of speaking of government regulations and power, let, let me let me pivot into this last item that we've got real quick on our way out. We'll kinda kinda end this on a good on a on a high note, maybe. Yay. <laughs> maybe. European Parliament backs universal charging port. And apparently this has been decided. Uh, The European Parliament on Tuesday approved legislation to introduce a block-wide common charging standard for smartphones and other electronic devices, a move that will effectively ban Apple Inc.'s lightning charger port that the iPhone maker currently employs as a smartphone. So basically, this new law is going to require every device to have a USB-C port. So you're not having to dig for 12,000 different cables to charge everything. You get one, you plug it into everything.
1: Well, you know, this is this might be an overstep in regulation. And the reason I say that is because <laughs> believe it or not, when you're when you're trying to waterproof a device, the lightning port is easier to waterproof than the Yeah. And the the micro USB or whatever they're using there. But, you know, beyond that, look, I saw this, this actually story is like, you know, been out there in the world. It's interesting that they actually decided to move forward with it. But interestingly enough, I don't care about the European Parliament because the their effectiveness of their power is going to be dwindled. It <laughs> will dwindle away yeah. and has been. Uh, you're going to see more countries separate themselves from the EU and uh, I think Italy this legislation will, be first. will end up applying. But it's a good thing maybe for, I, I, you're right. I mean, I'd love to be able to have a universal standard for things, but <laughs> we, never, we never got that with anything else. I mean, considering That's to- true consider how many different plugs you had to have for a printer. A printer could have like 27 different plugs. We yeah. couldn't do that with printers. We couldn't do it with fax machines. We couldn't do it with hey, calculators. You remember you, you had like various types of <laughs> calculations. I mean, come on. <laughs> I've been around on the planet for a while. There's no, you can't universal standards are hard to do. That's, you know, that was why the, that was the, what was the unique thing in the computer industry about this idea of USB, right? Is like, this is, it's going to be a common port that you're going to find on most, if not all devices. And there are only like a handful of the ways That you can configure it. Right. I mean, serial ports, guys, going back into that point in time. I mean, I'm old. So, you know, you're not going to be able to plug your Atari controller into your Xbox. I mean, that's sorry. It doesn't work out that way. Life isn't that simple. And I grew up in a time. Like the
2: guy, I. I saw a meme this week that said, isn't it interesting that the, uh, that the save button on all software is a floppy disk.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> People right. wouldn't even know what a floppy disk was, <laughs> but that's the button that we all use to save. So and, and, and yeah. a
1: folder and a folder button has always been the same icon for as long as it was ever created. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Well, and I grew up at a time when, when we use color bars as our standard for broadcast <laughs> yes. and, Nowadays, you know, I even tried using those to calibrate my screens here to get them close, and they're they're uh they're close, but they're not really. Uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things like, well, you know, I guess close I, enough is
1: close enough, that's all I'm stuck in, with in my face right now because I don't have the chat monitor on in the bottom. But I have three monitors, they're identical, they all have completely different settings to get them the same real yeah. color. It's insane, yeah. and then yeah. on top of that, right. When you're looking at cameras, I can't white balance the cameras the same way because they all have a different sensor in them. So they all need a different white balance. You know, when you start talking, this is goofy junk. But anyway, the whole point is you can't universally standardize things. Look at that.
0: Yeah. Well, and this configuration configuration (laughs) could change very soon, too, because I got my hands on another TV. So we. Well, can, I, so hey, can we I, I'm making year? the
1: I'm making the switch. The beginning of the year, I'm going to have instead of the monitor setup I have now, which I can't show anybody. I need to get a camera like over, like behind me or something like like Jason does. But then you'll see all the books on that wall. But anyway, books are good. The whole, books the are whole,
0: good. The whole, the whole, go ahead.
1: I said books are good. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is one thing that can't be deleted whenever it's inconvenient. <laughs> but anyway, um, you have, that's why they have to burn them. But anyway, you have the the 49 inch monitors. I'm going to have two 49 inch monitors and just one, like, you know, 28, so that, like, I can actually see. I'm going blind. I get more blind every day. This is bananas. Yes. Can't same see here. Same here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, look at this. I got, I got me a 40, was a 40,
0: 40 inch, 44, you know, 40 inch. Yeah. And it's going, If I do this, it's probably going to sit in the same place where I've got two monitors now, and it'll be big enough that I can take my OBS control panel and I can make it that size so I can can sit back here and I can just see what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. (laughs) All right. okay. my hero, Jason. On that note, uh, let's uh, let's go around and tell everybody where uh, where y'all can be found. So uh, so people can find uh, the stuff what you do. Um, Dan, where uh, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, I, I, I still uh, own and operate an investment firm in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, called Family Investment Center, and you can find that uh, any place, or you can just do a Google search for Dan Danford. Uh, I actually have a site now called Ask Dan Danford, where you can submit questions and I'll uh, post up the answers. So that's kind of fun, too. So.
0: And Culture, where, where can people find you?
1: Holy cow. While I don't have as many locations as you do, I'm getting bigger. <laughs> um, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on, uh, uh, Odyssey. You can find me on rumble, uh, in the near future. I'll be on subscribe star and I'm obviously on socials. You can get me on Twitter. Mine's, um, Oh, my gosh. Are uh, you a parlor? Uh, getter. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I have a parlor. I'm not active over there anymore, but it's still there. Okay. Uh, so if I get a notification, I'll go look at it. But, oh. um, you know, and pretty soon I'll have my own website. Um, Culture Casino uh, will be out there. It won't be a .com because I didn't, I couldn't register that because somebody stole it from me. <laughs> but, um, but I, uh, but I will have a website out there. And I will also RT, RTMP to that eventually where I'll video stream to my own site. Yep. So,
0: and askdandedford.com oh. yeah. and also That's Family awesome. Investment I Center that. has that. So, cool. uh, uh, so check those out, and I will put those links in the show notes. I've tagged <laughs> Culture Casino in our notes, but I'll also have all of those, so uh, so you guys can find uh, these I'll, two gentlemen.
2: Always, always enjoy these. It's fun to talk to smart people.
1: Oh, I love it. it, yeah. it, it well, and I, it, it's hard. It's it, it, it's hard to engage in some of these areas we talk about because not a lot of people do this that do that. But so yep, it's very, right. it's yep. wonderful. Well, I wish Matt was here. That I, awesome. I yep. said,
0: well, yep. Matt, Matt actually is on the road. He got his calendar oh. mixed up. I, I, heard, oh. I heard from him. And, and it's funny because I'm sitting here in the middle of all of this. And I sent, I sent Mrs. Boss a note. I said, I'm just going to sit back and let him go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's, it's it was fun. Fun discussion. I, I always like it when people, Are more knowledgeable about something than I am because then I can just let them go and and then they make me look good.
2: So, (laughs) well, people in my office say Dan's uh, expertise. Well, I can't, I won't say. Said I make. uh, Let's just say I make stuff up. Dan's really really good at making stuff up. So there
1: you go. You know, fake it till you make it. Right. That sounds like most investment advisors I've worked with. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much for being here, folks. And uh, thanks to all of you in the chat for being here. Thanks to everybody who's been watching. Again, if you are here not live, uh, you can still leave a comment. And we are actively looking for suggestions for topics and guests. I'm waiting to hear back on whether or not Roy Okupe will be here on Friday. We're trying to reschedule and do all of that. Again, we are on the road to 500 episodes, which comes, I think, in December. If we stick to our schedule, it looks like December 30th will be our 500th installment of this show, and we're planning something special. And we'll give you some more details on that. In the meantime, of course, yes, like Culture mentioned, you can find us on all the different social media platforms. And at some point, we'll probably be on X. And then we've got four video platforms. You can sign up for a newsletter. You can send us money through PayPal or Subscribestar. And uh, we do this whether we get money on it or not. But we do appreciate all of you being here, folks. Uh, And I will leave you with this thought. Remember... The media are your enemy. And there are four lights. Thanks very much for being here, folks. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.